specifically for families. It's called Psalm 128. It is called the Family Psalm. And I'm going to preach out of Psalm 128. They're telling me to change my mic, huh? Yes. Okay. We live in an imperfect world. <laughs> and so microphones and things go bad. And so uh, thank God that he, we serve a perfect God. Amen. Isn't it remind you just of families? There's no such thing as a perfect family. How many of you understand that? Uh, uh, just, just like stuff, families, you know, they're imperfect. Have, can I have an amen? <laughs> and, uh, you know, there's, ne- there's no perfect family. But, how I many you know, there is a perfect God. And he desires to bless us in spite of our perfections. The word blessing do you know it's found in the Bible more than 400 times, the word blessing? It's an often un- misunderstood word, but the word blessing, uh, it means to be joyously, spiritually prosperous, enjoying God's favor and salvation regarding of your, regardless of your outward circumstance. The word blessing really encompasses every area of your life. It encompasses your health. It encompasses your finances, encompasses your spiritual walk. God wants you blessed in every area of your life. Can I have an amen? You know, from the very beginning, it was always the plan of God to bless our lives. We see from the very beginning, you know, God said that that he created them, and he said he blessed them. When he created the family, he spoke a blessing on the family. It's sort of the theme throughout the Bible that God is a good God. And he wants to bless us. Jesus said, if you being evil know how to give good things to your children, how much more will our heavenly father give good things to those who ask? How many know we serve a good God? And I want to tell you, if you'll begin to stop and just meditate on how good God is, I want you to know you'll begin to shout all day long because we serve a good God. And in Psalms 128, we read, it's called the Psalm of Families, and it describes the blessings that God wants to bestow on, on, on every family that fear the Lord. If you have it there, we're gonna, they're going to put it on the screen, Psalms 128. It's a real short psalm. It's only six verses, and I'm going to read the entire psalm, Psalms 128, verses 1. If you don't mind, you can read with me. It says, blessed are all who fear the Lord. Who walk in his ways, you will eat the fruit of your labor. Blessings and prosperity will be yours. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your sons will be like olive shoots around your table. Go ahead, put the next part up. Thus is a man blessed who fears the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion all the days of your life. And may you see the prosperity of Jerusalem. And may you live to see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. I want you to know that God is a good God. And he, the one who said that he desires us blessed. You know that the first sermon that Jesus recorded is Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And he's telling us eight keys so that how you and I can be blessed. We call it the, the beatitude. But how many you know God is a blessing God? 
And, uh, and the problem is, is that God is not against you and I. Bless. Sometimes we go about it all the wrong ways. You know, the whole world, there's a desire in all of us to be blessed, to want to be happy. Unfortunately, sometimes we think it's in things. Sometimes we think it's in a person or a relationship. Sometimes we think it in, in, in power. But how I many you know the blessing of God is not so much without, but what's, what's within? And we're going to look at that this morning. And I want to share with you from this verse, from this Psalm chapter 120, I want to share four keys to seeing your family blessed. I just want to see, how many of you want to see your family blessed? I, I, you know, it should be, a, how many of you can you stand to be blessed? You know, the reality is, you know, that all of us have some needs in our families, our homes. All of us want to see our children our, or your grandchildren. You want to see them blessed. I, I've never met a, a father or a mother that wanted their children to, to be cursed. Uh, anybody like that in here? I believe all of us, we want the best for our children. Can I have an amen? And God, who's a good God, he desires more than you, he wants us blessed. And so the first thing he tells us in this psalm, he said the first key to you and your family being blessed, he says, blessed are all those who fear the Lord. In other words, you know, the family that God blesses is, first of all, the family that fears the Lord. Can I have an amen? Anybody here fear the Lord? Come on. Anybody here that loves God? You know, one of the, one of the uh, things that we don't understand, the word there, the fear of the Lord means to love. It means to honor. It means to respect. It means to esteem God highly. More than anything, it means to see that we need the Lord. How I many of you realize you need the Lord? Amen. And I want you to know, God blesses those who realize they need a physician. You know, Jesus hung out with people that sometimes were unlike the people we sometimes might hang out with. And I've discovered that God is a God of blessing. And listen, he don't care about your race. He don't care about your class. He don't care about your education. He don't care about your intelligence. He don't even care about your political party. Can I have an amen? He's a God that desires you to get blessed. Can I have an amen? And this morning, I want to look at a character that probably is the least likely character that you and I would look for when it comes to somebody being blessed, he wasn't even, he was outside of the, the family. But I've learned that God often blesses the least likely people. I often, I, I found that God will, will find people in the ballroom or in the club or in a Gentile city. Can I have an amen? Anybody glad that, that God didn't wait to get it all right to bless you? Can I have an Amen. Or I, I, I don't know. I say, anybody, you're happy that God didn't wait till you was doing everything right before he decided to bless you. God doesn't bless us because of who you are. He blesses because of who he is. Could I have an amen? And so I want to read, uh, when, when I was meditating on this, the Lord reminded me of the story of Cornelius. I'm actually named after, I had an aunt whose name was Cornelius. And I was actually named after, and so it's, it's interesting, but uh, they got my name from Cornelia. But anyway, there was a man in the Bible whose name was Cornelius. I'm reading at Acts chapter 10, verses 1 and 2. It says, at Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius. We have a Cornelius here. I think he's still outside cooking. And, uh, and he, it says of Cornelius, he was a centurion in what was known as the Italian regiment. And he and all his family were devout and God-fearing. The King James said, and they feared the Lord. 
And it goes on to say, and he gave generously to those in need, and he prayed to God regularly. Now, now you got to understand, Luke, the writer of the book of Acts, is writing after the fact. He's writing, he's writing after what God has done because you got to understand, first of all, it tells us two things about this man named Cornelius. First of all, he was a Roman. In other words, his background was was worshiping idols. In other words, he's probably the first generation to serve the Lord. And and secondly, he was a centurion. As a centurion, you know, he didn't get to be a, a ruler over a hundred uh, warriors uh, being, being Mr. Nice Guy. He was a fighter. He was probably brutal and he was barbaric. Anybody read anything about the Roman... Um, the Roman army and the Roman centurion, there's a movie out called The, the, the Eagle or something like that. And you, you get a chance to see that the life of a Roman soldier was one of brutality. They ruled with the iron fist. Uh, they, wherever they went, they conquered by force, and they made slaves of all the people they conquered. And so, you know, often before a person could become a centurion, they often worked and served in the army 15 to 20 years before they rose to the rank of being a centurion where they were given charge of a hundred men. And here was, sent, here was Cornelius. And the Bible says of this man, he and his family were devout and they feared the Lord. So much so that God visited this family. Listen, I, I'm, I'm going to say it again. God often chooses the least likely. When, when, when it was time for God spoke to Cornelius through an angel, I'm not going to read the whole story, because of this man who feared the Lord, he was outside the family of God. He was outside of Israel. But I'm, you know, when he, because he feared the Lord, God know how to find your address. Can I have an amen? I want you to know that, listen, God is not looking at your pedigree. He's not looking at your background. He don't care what kind of family. Your, your grandfather could have been a drunk. Your daddy could have been a drunk. But I want you to know if you'll decide to fear the Lord, how you know God will bless you. Can I have an amen? And we see in the life of Cornelius a man who God blesses. And what we see is, number one, is because he feared the Lord. Peter was even said, listen, you, when he showed up at his house, he said, you know what? You know, we're not supposed to even come in your house. Romans were considered unclean by the Jews. And so he, didn't, he, wasn't, he wasn't even to go in his house. But God had showed him, don't call, what I, don't call unclean what I've made clean. Somewhere along the line, Cornelius heard about the one true God. Somewhere along the line, Cornelius realized his need for the Lord. And he developed a desire, a fear, and a reverence for the Lord. Listen what Jesus said in Matthew 5, verse 3. I'm reading out of the Living Bible. God blesses all those who are poor and realize their need for him. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I want to just show, see, show how many of you realize your need for the Lord. Can I have an amen? You know, it's amazing that sometimes, you know, the, the beginning of the blessing of God coming on your life is seeing your need for him. You know, some, one of the hardest things sometimes for us is to admit we got a need. Sometimes our ego and our self-sufficiency often prevents us from humbling ourselves and seeing our own need. 
Often it is not until we've exhausted our own human resources and our own human ingenuity until sometimes God brings us to the place where we see, say, God, I need you. You know, just because you're in church don't mean that you stop needing God. Can I have an amen? I've learned, listen, I'm talking about how to get your family blessed. And if you want your family blessed, you got to first develop the fear of the Lord. You got to see your need for the Lord. You got to admit, God, I need you. See, you got to realize that without him, you're nothing. Jesus said, I am the vine, you're the branch. He said, if you abide in me and I abide in you, you'll bring forth much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. Isn't it amazing how sometimes we think we, we got it in control? Sometimes we think that we can, we can handle it. Sometimes we think we can fix it. But how many know you can't fix it without Jesus? And sometimes God has to allow you to see that you can't fix it. Sometimes God has to allow us to exhaust our own energy. The Bible tells us in James chapter 4 that God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And this man, Cornelius, was obviously a humble man, and he saw his need for the Lord. And as a result of grace flowed to him. I want you to know it's not until you need, admit your need for help that God can help you. A lot of people wonder why God isn't moving their lives because sometimes you think you got it all together. Sometimes you don't want to admit that you got a need. I'm going to share it just in my own life. You know, I was in the church and I was messed up. But I, I was in the church and tore up from the floor. But it, you know, you could be in the church and still messed up. Can I have an amen? I was in the, you know, you know, isn't it amazing how we can put on masks and, and wear, wear facades that we can put on our best outfit and, and put on a smile like everything's going all right and knowing that we got hell at home. Anybody can identify to that. And that describes how our lives were. You know, my wife and I, we genuinely, we really love the Lord, but I just didn't know how to be a good husband. I didn't know how to be a, a good father. And, uh, and, you know, the problem is I was too proud to admit it. Anybody ever been there? And, and we were having constant conflict in our home. And, uh, and I want you to know that... Uh, my wife was saying, Nia, we needed help. But, you know, men are proud. How I many of we got an ego? I, I, Pops, I didn't want to admit that I needed help. And one night we got in a heated argument, and my wife called the police on me. Anybody the wife ever called? <laughs> Don't raise your hand. <laughs> and I want to tell you, I've learned that if you want to humble yourself, God will allow a little humiliation in your life. But, you know, I'm grateful because it was only when I came to the place to admit, God, I have a need, that God was able to turn things around in my life. I don't know what it was in Cornelius' life, but someplace in his life, he came to a point in his life, and he admitted he had a need. And I want you to know, grace flows to the humble. Grace flows to the lowly. Anybody in here got a need? You, you, anybody, you got something you can't fix? Anybody, you got a situation? See, when we, when we admit that we have a need, that's where the grace of God flows to. And Cornelius admitted he had a need, and God saw it, and he sent an angel to visit him. And so the first thing I want to say, if you and I are going to be blessed, the Bible says, blessed are all those 
who fear the Lord. It's amazing when we admit that we got a need, how God can come in and fix it. You know, it's amazing that when I admit that, God, I can't do it on my own, that's when God began to give me wisdom. That's when God began to turn it around. That's when God began to fix it. How, you know, how many need God to fix it in their life? You see, God, listen, God, he will not violate your free will. God will not barge in on you unless you invite him in. And I believe that we got to invite him. And that's what it means to fear the Lord is to see that, God, I am poor. I am broke. I'm I, Without you, I am nothing. And obviously, Cornelius saw his need for the Lord. The Bible says in Psalms 128, secondly, blessed are all those who fear the Lord and walk in his ways. It's not just enough to fear the Lord, but how many know we got to walk in his ways? The ways of the Lord are only found in the Word of God. I'm reading a very familiar verse of Scripture, Psalms chapter 1. It says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. I want you to know, when, when you begin to fear the Lord, how many of will change the way you walk? You, you, you can't hang with negative people and be positive. Can I have an amen? You can't hang with people who always pulling you down and expect to go. You got to hang with the right people. Can I have an amen? And that's some, some people, the reason why you ain't blessed is because you're hanging with folks who, who, who cannot stand for you to be blessed. But you got to learn how to hang. You know, the Bible says, walk, the blessed is the man who walk not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. Anybody here love the word of God. Anybody here delight in the law of God? See, I want you to know that the blessings of God flow when you and I begin to learn how to delight in the law of God. The Bible says in Psalms 112, there's a promise that says, it says this in Psalms 112, it says, praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord and finds great delight in his commandments. His children will be mighty in the land and the generation of the upright will be blessed. How many want your children blessed? Can I? Let me just tell you, you're not smart enough. You're not wise enough. I want you to know, you and I, we need the wisdom that only comes from the Word of God. That's why the Bible says, blessed is the man who walk not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. Let me just tell you why it's important. To delight in the Word of God. The Bible tells us that, you know what, we, we, we are born, when you, when you come to the Lord, how many you know all of us sometimes come from imperfect families? Anybody, your family was perfect, raise your hand. We got one back there. I'm just teasing. The reality is all of us, we, we, we all, that's the rea all families have been broken in some way, broken because of sin, broken because of mindsets, Broken because of the way we think. Sometimes people are born with, 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 uh, with, not that they're born with, but they learn as they grow up in homes where sometimes uh, wrong mindsets. And the Bible says in Romans 12, verses 2, it says, Don't be conformed any longer to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Look at somebody and say, the battle is in the mind. If you and I are going to learn to have our homes blessed, we're going to have to learn how to deal with what's in our mind. 
Because I want you to know the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Long as you see yourself defeated, broke, busted, and disgusted, I don't care how much you got. Yeah, isn't it amazing? You could, somebody can give you a million dollars, but if you got a broke mindset, you'll bring that million down right down the way. Y'all, can I have an amen? So you got to change your mind. You got to renew your mind. And God understands that if you and I are going to be blessed, we got to meditate in the Word of God. The Bible says they meditate day and night, observing to do all that's written in it. I want you to know that the Bible says when we do that, we make our way prosperous and we find good success. The blessings of God come as you and I learn how to feed on the Word of God. If you want your home blessed, you got to learn how to begin to make the Word of God a priority. Can I have an amen? I want you to know, if you want to be blessed, whatever you do, listen, Joshua went on to say it in Joshua 1.8. It says, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but you shall observe, um, I'm sorry, but you shall observe to do all that's, that's written in it. And you will make your way prosperous and you will find good success. How many of you want great success in your life? Listen, to God wants not only you to succeed, he wants your children to succeed. He wants your grandchildren to succeed. If you got great-grandchildren, he wants your great-grandchildren to succeed. But I want you to know the key is learning how to make the Word of God a priority, learning how to conform our lives to the Word of God. It's amazing what God has done in my life, in our home, as a result of the Word of God. I grew up, I was ignorant of the Bible. I didn't understand it. But as I became a Christian and began to learn to apply the Word of God, I had to learn how to be a good husband. Anybody grew up in a home, they didn't know how to be a good husband beside me. Don't raise your hand. That was certainly me. My mama, she's sitting there. She don't mind me telling. We just didn't, I just didn't know. And so I didn't know how to treat my wife the way God says treat it. But it's amazing when you begin to read the Word of God. See, I, I thought I was the boss and she was the horse. I mean, that won't fly today. But the reality is I had a, I had a wrong mindset. I, I really thought, you know, I, I used to do it. Don't the Bible say you need to submit to me, woman? Uh, the more I did that, the more she didn't submit. Anybody? <laughs> I had a strong woman. <laughs> you know, some of you got some strong women. You know, they, and the more you tell. But I had to learn that, that that's not the way of God. Before God tells a, a woman to submit, he first tells a man that he's to love his wife as Christ loved the church. He's to treat her. He's to honor her. He's to bless her. He's to build her. He's to lay down his life for her. He's to serve her. See, I had it all wrong. See, as long as I was trying to rule and, and, and be the king, listen to me, I wasn't getting nowhere. But when I became a servant and when I began to follow Jesus said, he that desires to be great, let him be a servant. When I begin to serve my wife, when I begin to put her for all of a sudden, it's amazing when I made her my queen, she became she made me the king. Come on. Somebody say amen. Because the word of God teaches us how to treat our wife. The word of God teaches a woman how to treat her husband. Because how many of today we got women who we got women today who will beat up a man. The sheriff is here. He ain't gonna, he gonna tell you the honest of God truth. They, listen, sometimes they show up at the house, they ain't resting the man, they're resting the woman. <laughs> Some of you might be married to a woman like that, but just don't say nothing. You ought to get out here alive. 
They'll chew in a minute. But the Bible tells us clearly that if we'll meditate in the Word, the Word of God has a plan for every area of your life. It will show you how to live your life. It will show you how to be a good husband. It will show you how to be a good father. It will show you whatever you need. It will show you how to prosper in your workplace. It will show you how to be a good employee. God's Word has the answer to every area of our lives. And I want you to know that it's, if you'll work the Word, the Word will work for you. Listen to me. Th here's, here's the key. Some people say, well, I tried it. It, it, it didn't work. Well, I want you to know, you don't plant an apple seed today and next tomorrow go look for apples. Can I have an amen? How many know you got the, the Bible says, listen, blessed is the man who walk not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand the way of sinners, nor sin the seed of the scorn. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in it he meditates day and night. Listen to what it says. He says, his, he says, he shall bring forth his fruit in his season. Say his season. How many know God has a season for everybody's life? And the problem that happens with some people is they quit before their season. Look at somebody and say, don't give up before your season. Listen to what the Bible says in Galatians 6, 9. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season you're going to reap if you faint not. I want you to know there is a due season in every one of your life. Listen, if you don't give up, if you don't give out, and you don't give in, how many of there's coming a season that you're going to reap if you faint not? Come on, somebody say amen. Listen to me. I've been, David said, I've been young and I've been old and I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed beg for bread. Uh, listen, just because you're Christian don't mean you won't go through some things. I mean, you know, the rain falls on the just as well as the unjust. But I want you to know if you hold on to God. That's coming a due season. If you'll stand on his word, I want you to know I've learned that there's a season. There's a season for reaping. And there's a season to plant, but there's a season to reap. And God says, in due season, you reap if you faint not. I'm, I'm so glad I didn't give up. Come on. I want you to know that, uh, you know, this year, Ann and I will be married 36 years. Oh, come on. Yeah. God, it had to be in the Lord. Look at somebody say, it had to be in the Lord. I want you to know it wasn't me, y'all. I wanted to quit. Listen I, don't, I, listen, I didn't believe in divorce, but I did believe in murder. Come on, hey. Y'all know y'all laughing because y'all know y'all just, some of you like that too, you know. But the reality is, is this. And I want to speak especially to some of these young couples because we got we living in a generation that people give up. They give in. They give out. I mean, you know, it's amazing. They, try, they say, well, uh, uh, I tried it, but it didn't work. I said, well, how long you been married? Three months. <laughs> My goodness. You, <laughs> how, many, how many can testify? You, you got to go through some things. It takes time. It takes time to learn to, to, to be a good spouse. It takes time to learn to be anything. And sometimes we growing up in a generation who learn, who they quit before they season. I've seen so many people give out, give in and give out before the blessing. It's the same way with serving the Lord. I want you to know that God's just been too good to me. I, I'm, I'm, I, don't, I ain't going nowhere. Listen, it's backslide to what? Come on. God's been too good to me. Come on. Anybody in here could testify that he's been good to you. Listen to me. I don't, I'm not going anywhere. I'm telling you, the Lord's been good to me. 
And when you realize that, I want you to know that you, you realize there's a due season. He, he, he wants to bless you, but you got to learn how to wait for your season. And sometimes we, we, give, a, we give up before our season. There's a, there's a season and a time for everything under the sun. The Bible says there's a time to sow. And there's a time to reap. You know, we got a generation, they see what you got. You know, I, I, I've been married now 36 years. They look at your life and they want, they want after the first year what you've, what you've labored. I remember when I couldn't afford McDonald's. You, I know you can't believe. Oh, yeah, my kids went and we had four kids and we were split one happy meal. Come on, somebody. But how many of God's been good? My wife said two. They split two happy meals. I remember when I, our babysitter took them one time to McDonald's and he was able to have the, a whole drink to themselves for the first time. They were shouting hallelujah. Come on. But don't despise the days of small beginning. Come on. Anybody ever. Listen, that's why don't despise the days of small beginning. Let me just tell you, I can remember when I didn't have two nickels to rub together. But how many know God's been good to me? Listen, there is a due season. If you'll serve the Lord, how many know the Lord is good when you serve him? The Bible says happy is that people whose God is the Lord. And that's why you got to look to people. I remember I was at my aunt's 90th birthday party. And at that party, there were three other ladies, all in their 90s. And it was amazing. I knew their families. Some of them were my relatives. And, uh, and you know, they were just talking, girl, listen, they, you know, uh, they, they was laughing at this younger generation, how they just give up so easy. And they was just saying, girl, you know, in my day, you know, we just had to stay in there. <laughs> and they were just talking to one another. But they all were saying, you know, we, we're so glad we stayed. We're so glad we endured. We're so glad we were willing to wait until God work it out. Something, listen, you can't change nobody, but how many know God can? How many know, how, how, isn't that right, Judy? You can't change anybody, but how many know, and that's why you got to let God do what only he can do. Sometimes you, you got to wait on the Lord, and I've learned that if you wait on the Lord, there's coming a due season. The third thing we learn from Cornelius is that if you want your family, how many of you still want your family blessed? I said, number one, you got to learn the fear of the Lord. You got to see your need for the Lord. I said, number two, you got to walk in his ways. And the only way you'll learn to walk in his ways is if you learn how to delight yourself in the law of the Lord. God's ways are revealed in his word. And so if you want to know the ways of God, you got to read his word. Thirdly, the Bible says of Cornelius, he and all his family were devout and God-fearing, and they gave generously to those in need. Listen to me. The family that God blesses learned to give generously to those in need. It got quiet. When the blessing of God is on your life, you want to bless others. I believe that Cornelius looked over his life. And he began to realize where he came from. And he began to look at his background. My daddy was an idol worshiper. My granddaddy was an idol worshiper. They none knew the Lord. And I, begin, I believe he began to weigh things out and look at how God had blessed him. You know that song, when I think about the goodness of Jesus. 
and all that he's done for me. Anybody ever ponder and begin to meditate on what God done for me? When I think about all that God has done in my life, you know, how he brought me over, how he, you know, how he didn't give up on me. Aren't you glad that he's a good God and, and that, listen, when I've learned, and I believe that real generosity always flow out of a heart of gratitude. I'm going to share with you just some miracles that God has worked so often in our lives. When, you know, we, we, many of y'all remember in 2005 when Hurricane Katrina hit the city of New Orleans. We were in, we evacuated to Vicksburg, Mississippi. Several of our members are here. They were with us. And uh, we saw all of this unfold as people were, were left stranded on rooftops, no clothes, no food. And we called a prayer meeting, and we went down into that prayer meeting. We were staying, uh, we, were, we were excited. We stayed in the casino hotel. Oh, yeah, the pastor was at the casino. We were the only place in Vicksburg that had electricity. Come on, Jesus. <laughs> but we stayed there, and, and, and uh, they called, uh, we, we realized that, you know, that this was, this thing was, monumental. And so a group of us, we, we all went downstairs and we began to just pray. Say, God, we just began to pray. A lot of people in the hotel was from the city of New Orleans. And uh, we just began to pray and say, God, Lord, we don't know what to do. But God, we just, we know to pray. We just begin to pray for the thousands and thousands of people who had lost everything, who was stranded. We begin to hear reports of people who had drowned and, and all that was going on in the Superdome and, and all that was going on in the convention center. Found out even some of our members who was in the city at the time and they were stuck in the Superdome or stuck in the convention. We just began to cry out to the Lord. And in my, in my heart, I heard the Lord say, Neil, I want you to help the people of New Orleans. Some of you don't know this story. Unbeknownst to me that our parish had passed an ordinance that we would open no shelter for the people of New Orleans. I wasn't aware of that. But when we came back to St. John Parish a few days, one of our members, she's here today, Sister Liza, she said, Pastor, there's people sleeping outdoors in front of Home Depot. They won't even let them use the restroom. Is there something we can do for them? I said, Liza, just tell the people, just come on in. Before we know it, we had a few hundred people showed up at our doors. We didn't have no food. We didn't have no blankets. We didn't have no cots. But we just had a willing heart. How many of that's all God need? I said, that's all God need. And God is our witness. As we opened our doors, amazing things happened. A truck, a FEMA truck with cots, with food got lost in our parking lot. Can y'all believe that? I'm telling you, God, with blankets, it got lost in the parking lot. The locals say they wanted to send it to Baton Rouge. The day before, I met a guy from FEMA say, if you need anything, just give me a call. I said, sir, listen, there's a truck here, a FEMA truck, with everything we need. He said, listen, and the locals want to send it back to Baton Rouge. I said, can you give them permission to unload it? He said, tell that driver right now, anything you need, unload it right there. And I want to tell you, come on, give God some praise. Listen to me. Oh, I'm talking about a God of miracles. And for the next, God is our witness, for the next three months, we housed 800 people 
in this building, fed over 15,000 meals. Come on, come on, give God some prayer. Brother Randall, Representative Rand Randall was right here. Listen to him. He was right here. I want you to know, we fed him over 15,000 meals. Clothing and, and goods and shoes came from all over. I want to $1,000 came to, through our hands. But I mean, it wasn't for us. It was to bless the people. God said, what you make happen for others, I'll make happen for you. The Bible says, he who gives, listen to me. I want you to know, the Bible says, he who gives to the needy, gives to the poor, he lends to the Lord, and God says, I will repay. Now, those of y'all who live in this community know at this time, we were renting all these buildings. We didn't have no money to buy this. The owner told us for 10 years he would never sell it to us. But, I, but, but say, but God. Come on, look at somebody say, but God. Any of you got some but God stories? I say, I, I, I want you to know, my, my father-in-law was right here. He, when, when we first moved in here to rent, he walked around the building. I said, Father-in-law, I believe God want to give us this shopping center. He said, son, if you believe it, I believe it with you. And he walked around. Come on, let's thank God. He's here to see it. Come on. But God. But God is our witness. Here's the reality. When you're generous, I want you to know when you give to the needy, you can't outgive God. How many you know? Listen to how many you know you can't outgive God. A year later, while we was praying, the Lord told me, "Say write a letter to the owner," and he said, "I want you to write him." He said, "I, I felt discouraged, Lord. I done wrote the man. The man told us he'll never sell it, but God said, no, I want you to write a letter to him.'" And after ten years telling us he would never sell it. God changed the heart of the owner. And let me tell you, don't, don't clap. Let's thank God for our elective. I want to acknowledge uh, Councilman Sarapur, uh, Representative Randall. Let's thank God for our elective. God bless you. Any uh, uh, our parish administrators, God bless all any of you that came in late. I, don't, I might not get a chance to acknowledge you, but thank you for being here. But listen, God is our witness. We say, Lord, uh, the owner said, listen, but if you're going to buy it, you're going to have to come up with so much money. We didn't have the money. But this is why I want to tell you how when you learn to be generous, it opens up the blessings of God. We had been saving during those 10 years. We had about 400000 in the bank. But when we went to, the, to try to get a loan, they said, you're going to have to come up with $850,000. And the owner gave us only 12 weeks to come up with it. But say, but God. I had some people, when I stood up before the church, I said, listen, y'all, the Lord told me that in 12 weeks we're going to raise the money. He said, God says, listen, you, you don't have to do it. Just believe me to do it. He said, our job is to just give God the fishes and loaves, his job to multiply. But I want you to know that God is our witness. We, we chose to just simply be obedient. We said, Lord, listen, we don't, this, this is too great for us. But God, you said if, if we would honor you, you would honor us. And I want you to know that. Some of the people who we had helped in the flood, some of the people in this community heard that we, we were trying to buy this. We was renting all these 10 years we were in here. And God moved on their heart. And in 12, it, it was probably by that time, 10 weeks later, we walked in the bank with 850000 cash back. Come on, let's thank God for it. Because when you give, I mean, I, I say it this way. When you give because you can't help it, you'll receive because you can't stop it. Come on, somebody. Tell somebody. Say, when you give, come on, say, when you give because you can't help it, you'll receive because you can't stop it. When you learn to be a channel that God can flow through, if God can get it through you, he'll get it to you. Somebody say amen. Yeah. 
But y'all ain't here to, 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 y'all know in 2016, you know, we, all the disasters we went through, I said, God, not again. A tornado hit us, did two and a half million dollars of damage. We were underinsured, the, owner, the insurance, they only wanted to give us uh, uh, less than a million dollars for the two million, two and a half million dollars of damage. But God's our witness. We went, into, we went into 2016 with just a word from the Lord that God said, Neil, I want you to pay off the bill. I, I, I'm going to help you all to get debt free. I said, God, I don't know how you're going to do this. We just had a, a tornado that did two and a half million dollars of damage. But through a series of miracles by the, and my administrator and those of you can tell you that within the next uh, year, by the time we moved in this building to 2017, we had paid $1.8 million on the debt. Come on, give God some praise. Listen to me. I'm telling you, I, I want to give y'all, because some of y'all visiting for the, for the first time, we get ready. We only owe about 300000 left. We about to pay it off. Come on, give God some praise. From $4 million to down to $300,000, we are going to shout at the end of the year, paid for. Come on, give God some praise. I say paid for. God's going to do it in Jesus' name. But I share that with you because we serve a God who says that, that if you can believe, all things are possible. Listen to me. Somewhere along the line, Cornelius got a hold that if he will give, it will be given back unto him. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Listen to me. I'm telling you, listen. The Bible says in Proverbs 3, 9, and 10, honor the Lord with your wealth. And with the first fruits of all your crops, then your bones will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. Let me just say, when God can find a generous heart, I'm going to say it again. When God can find a generous heart, I want you, God will bless you in ways that's unprecedented, ways that will blow your mind. I want you to know, listen, I, I'm grateful because th this is what the Bible says in Psalms 37, 26. It's speaking about generous people. It said, it's speaking about people who fear the Lord. It said they're always generous and they lend freely, and their children will be blessed. I want you to know that I had a, I, I'm grateful. I had, I've been blessed to have, I had a grandmother who was just so generous. I mean, you, she took in the poor. She cared for the needy. You see, that's why parents don't realize when, when you're blessing others, you don't realize you're storing up treasure for your children. When you bless, I want you, sometimes your children bless because of what you did. Come on. And I had a grandmother who loved the Lord. She's in heaven. And I want you to know, people would come and borrow money. I know she knew they, she might have knew, I knew they wasn't going to pay her back. But she, it didn't matter. She would just lend freely. And because of that, I, I realized today I stand here blessed. I, I, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm, I, I have a mother who's been extremely generous. And because of that, my life has been blessed. I got a father-in-law. My father-in-law was a caddy master, a caddy on the golf course. And I remember when we were first married, I would be so struggling. We, we, had, we, we, we believed God to get to Mobile, and I was praying, God, move on somebody. Give me gas to get back. Anybody ever been there before? And father-in-law, you don't know. That's why God has blessed you. And I would come there, and my father-in-law would work all day. had been a caddy on the golf course, and he would come and say, son, come here. And he would call me in the room. He'd always put some money in my hand. And he don't know how much, he didn't know how much we needed it. He didn't know how much we were struggling. But because of his generosity today, I want you to know, 
my life has been blessed. Come on, let's thank God for that. I, I appreciate it, Father Lord. You've been always so generous to us. That's why God, 96, God going to let you see 106. Come on, let's, let's thank God for him. I'm closing. Y'all ready for me to close? Listen to me. If you're going to be blessed, I said, number one, you got to fear the Lord. I said, number two, you got to determine to walk in his ways. I said, number three, how many of you want your family? You still want your family blessed? Listen, if you want your family blessed, then thirdly, you got to learn to be generous. The Bible says the generous soul shall prosper, and he that waters others will be watered. Proverbs 11, 25, and 26. If you want to understand, it doesn't make sense. But the ways of God is not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so are his ways higher than our ways. And his thoughts higher than our thoughts. And when you learn how to be a generous person, when you learn how to bless others, listen, I, I, I brag on the Lord. The only reason why God has blessed us is because we purpose. I say, church, listen, God has blessed us. Now we got to be a blessing. People wonder why we're able to do what we do because we realize that if we'll be a channel that God can get it through, he'll get it too. Can I have an amen? And lastly, and the Bible says of Cornelius, he and all his family were devout and God-fearing. And they gave generously to those in need. And lastly, they prayed to God regularly. The King James said they prayed always. I can preach the rest of this morning just on this one thing, on the power of prayer. The single greatest thing that has marked my life as a person has been the prayers of a godly mother. I didn't want to serve the Lord. I was talking with one of our, one of, Tammy, you here? Tammy, you here? She was walking with me yet. She's here. Come on. God bless you, Tammy. Amen. I was telling her my story. I was telling her the story. Listen to me. I was a teenager. I didn't want to serve the Lord. My mother got born again. And I wanted to get as far away from my mother's prayers as possible. I went to school in Mississippi. But I've learned that prayer no no distance. And because of my mama's prayer, you ever, I couldn't enjoy sin. Some of you enjoyed sin as a teen. I hated, I, I was miserable because somebody was, my mama was praying. I'd have to, I'd have to call my mom from Mississippi. And I just felt I had to tell all, all the wrong things I was doing because I was so convicted. Anybody ever been there? I lived under the conviction because of the prayers of a godly mother. And I want you to know that as a, when my mother got born again in 1970, she started a habit. She'd walk in the rooms. My mother had five boys, and she'd lay hands on our head. I would pretend I was sleeping, but I could hear. She said, devil, you can't help them. You can't have them. She said, devil, they belong to Jesus Christ. She'd begin to say, Lord, I thank you that they're marked. They're going to serve you. I don't care what it looked like. They're going to serve the Lord. I don't care whether we went out at night, whatever happened. She would begin to pray. God, she'd begin to say, devil, you can't have them. And God heard her prayer. In October of 1979, as a senior in high school, I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. I got sick and tired of running from the Lord. And as an 18-year-old young man, I walked to altar in Gulfport, Mississippi, and said, God, listen, 
I need you. I, I don't know what's says something missing in my life. And this 40 years ago, this October, I surrendered my life to Jesus Christ because of the prayers of a godly mother. Come on, let's thank God for that. Yeah. And it's been I've been amazed at what God has done in my life. It's because prayer, let me just say, I want to speak as I close to every parent. Don't ever underestimate the power of prayer. Don't ever underestimate the fervent, effectual prayer. The Bible says the heated prayer. I'm not talking about just praying a religious prayer. Bless me, Lord. You know, so we, we, we would learn those religious prayers. Now lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. I'm so glad I didn't die. <laughs> but there's a prayer that get a hold of God. And obviously, Cornelius was a seeker of the Lord. The Bible says in, in, in Hebrews eleven six, 6, and without faith it is impossible to please God. Anyone who comes to God must believe. Say believe. He exists and that he rewards those who earnestly and diligently seek him. I want you to know if you'll be a diligent seeker of God, that God will reward you. I want you, there's nothing that will bless your family like earnest, heartfelt, uh, diligent prayer. Listen to me, parents. If you will learn, you don't have to worry about what it looked like. My oldest brother is sitting right here on the front row. My mother prayed for him for 40 years, but aren't you glad he's in the house of the Lord? Come on, give God some prayer. Oh, come on. Somebody give God a shout right now. That's what prayer will do. My younger brothers here, we all here living just that God know no boundary. Sometimes we quit before God answers prayer. But how many know God know how to, to hear your prayer? Bible says in Luke 18, 1, and Jesus said, I would that you pray always and not give up. Say pray and don't give up. Come on, say pray and don't give up. I don't care what it look like. I don't care how bad it is. I don't care how far away they are from God. I don't care if they're in the crack house. I don't care if they're in the ballroom. I don't care if they're in the club. God know how to get a hold of them. God know how to rescue them. I don't care if they walked away from God. How many know we serve a God who said if you can believe, all things are possible. I said all things are possible to them that believe. We serve a mighty God. I said, we serve a mighty God. Anybody here, God answered your prayer. Anybody you saw, God do amazing things. God turned it around. I'm telling you, it's amazing what God can do. And as I close, I want to encourage you that if you want to be a family that God blesses, number one, you're going to have to learn to fear the Lord. Blessed is all that fear the Lord. Secondly, you're going to have to learn how to walk in his ways. The only way you'll know the ways of God is, you, is reading his word. I don't care what kind of family background you came from. I don't care if you're the first generation. You might be like Cornelius. You, you got all kind of baggage. But how many of God specializes? He didn't come for the perfect. He came for those who say, God, if you can use anything, use me. Number three, if you're going to, if your family's going to be blessed, you're going to learn how to be generous. Got to learn how to trust God. It all belongs to the Lord anyway. You brought nothing in this world, and it's certain you bring nothing out. 
And lastly, you got to learn to pray. You got to pray regularly for your family. And that's what I want to do this morning as I close. If you're here and you want God's blessing on your family, I want you to stand to your feet all over this place right now. If you don't want to just stay seated, just stay seated. It ain't for everybody. But if you say, God, I want you to bless my family. God, I want you to get hold of my home. God, I want you to get hold of my family. Come on. I, I'm telling you, he's a good God. He's a good God. He's a good God. He's a good God. He wants to, you know, he wants to bless you. He wants to show his power. He wants to do good things. He wants to do miracles. He wants to visit you. I want you to know, if God got to jump over 5,000 people to get to you, he'll do it if you'll be a person who fear the Lord. He wants to show him strong. I want to pray for you this morning. Father, on this Family and Friends Day, we thank you for being a good, good father. Oh, yeah, you can give him some clap, bro. You can give him some prayer. If, because if you believe God is good, he's a good God. So many people got a wrong perception of God. The Bible says the devil, he's the thief. He comes to kill. He comes to steal. He comes to destroy. But I want you to know that's not our God. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life that more abundantly. He came to give us a rich, satisfying, fulfilling, exciting life. And it's found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's how we do it. It starts with him. Notice the angel of the Lord told Cornelius, go send for Peter, and he's going to tell you words whereby you and your household shall be saved. Listen, the, the blessings of God comes through Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us that Jesus made a curse for us. Every wrong thing, every adultery, every fornication, every lie, every cheat, every ungodly act, every, every deplorable thing, Jesus took it on his own body on the cross. The Bible says he was wounded for our transgression. I want you, the Bible says all of us like sheep have gone astray. Every damnable thing I ever did, Jesus took the price. He bore it on the cross. He died for me. He died for you. And I want you to know, he don't want you cursed. He wants you blessed. He wants you blessed. He wants you blessed. But if you're going to walk in the blessings of God, you got to come to him. You got to give your life to him. You got to acknowledge, Lord, I need you. While heads are bowed all over this place, I know that there's people all over you. Your family have been praying for you. Your loved ones have been crying out to God for you. There's people all over you. I'm not asking you what's your denomination. I'm not asking you to join a church. I'm not asking you what's your, what's your pedigree. I'm asking you, listen, if you're here today and maybe you're like Cornelius and you realize that you need the Lord. Maybe you're here to, you're, you tried to fix it in your own strength, but you can't do it. 
I've learned I can't save one person. The Bible says no one can come to God lest the Spirit draw them. But today, if the Spirit of God is drawing you, if the Spirit of God is tugging at you, if the Spirit of God is saying, son, I love you. Daughter, I love you. I got a plan for you. I never dreamed 40 years ago that when I walked an altar and gave my life to Jesus, that God would so bless my life so richly. But I want you to start it with a decision to surrender to him. It started with a acknowledging God I need you when we walk in the fear of the Lord that's how blessings while heads are bowed and believers are praying if you're here all over this room and you just say pastor I'm just I'm, I don't want to embarrass you but you say would you pray for me I want to be right with the Lord I want to make him the Lord of my life just slip your hands up all over this place I slip on I see those hands going up all over this place come on slip your hands up slip them up slip them up slip them up come on if 